I'm Jordan Ferguson. And I'm Kate McKinnon. And you are listening to the Geek Down Podcast. Hey y'all, welcome back to another fantastic episode of the Geek Down Podcast. This is a show where two friends sit in front of microphones and try to find the sweet spots where their fandoms intersect. My name is Jordan Ferguson. I am just sitting here, watching the snow fall out of my window, willing hexes out onto Mark Zuckerberg. Joining me on the other line, possibly similarly vexed, from the Satellite Branch in Hamilton, Ontario, it is your girl, Caitlin McKinnon. Hey! (laughs) Friends, it's been a time already... If you hear a wind tunnel-like effect from Caitlin's audio this week, just pretend it's the ocean. The soothing, soothing ocean. Just pretend we're far away from all of this and we're just lounging. And that windy static is just waves lapping at your feet off the Gulf of Mexico. Oh, I like this. This is nice. (laughs) You should do, um, like, uh, some of those meditation uh, run-throughs. Get at me, headspace. Yeah, yeah, like that. Just just yelling at people. Friends, if you want to hear just hours and hours of my soothing voice, you want to co-sign the soothingness of my voice here, McKinnon, or what? I I, I was letting you go. God damn it. Go wherever you get your audio content. Spotify, Google, Apple, Stitcher, what have you. Give us a little rate and review. Makes it easier for other people to find the show so they can be similarly soothed. And then while you're there, click follow or subscribe. And new episodes of this program will be delivered to your device through a means that is far more reliable than any voiceover internet protocol. It's a rainbow main alicorn named Philip. And atop him, just throwing these episodes out into your device. It is your man's. John C. Frostilicus III. internet elf. Y'all, if you're out there and you got Fruity Loops, make us a freaking jingle for Chauncey. The chimes are cool, but man, I want a jingle. I know some. I know somebody yeah. out there can make a jingle. Been 230 something episodes. Know. You can make us a jingle. I don't. Know, I don't know how it took us so long to make him a jingle. He deserves a jingle. <laughs> He's so hardworking. He is so. Chauncey never sleeps. Just like all of those frontline workers. <laughs> frontline workers and Chauncey putting it down. He doesn't need a vaccination because he's Elvin. But if he did, he'd be out front. Yeah, absolutely. Well, he might like, let Mabel go first, but <laughs> after that. All these 80-somethings out there. Friends, if you want to celebrate Chauncey, if you have alternatives to Facebook audio, please let me know at twitter.com slash geekdownpod, which is where the show mostly hangs out. Get up off Twitter. Ah, just relaxing on the beach. <laughs> Feel free to let us know all of your alternatives, or even better, you want to throw some money in the tip jar, you head over to ko-fi.com slash geekdownpod, so maybe I can get a better internet connection. So the, so the VoIP will be a little uh, a little more reliable. It's been good up to this point. Tonight, Friday night, the Facebook Messenger gods were like, nah, not today. Well, we know what's going on. <laughs> I, I don't. Everybody's watching WandaVision, except for me. <laughs> Ain't gonna be no WandaVision talk this week, y'all. I imagine. Fuck, are there two? Are there only two episodes left? Was it tonight and next week? I don't know. Is this the penultimate? Well, if it was, we'll do a full Wando Wando Viz debrief next week because Kate did not, not have next week. Oh, in two weeks. Oh God, our relevance <laughs> just gone. Huh? How's we your worked week? so hard too. <laughs> How's your week been otherwise, Kate? Um, crazy busy. Uh, so I have spoken before about how I work in finance. And this March 31st is the end of our fiscal year. I don't know why they do that. I, I, I couldn't explain it to you. Maybe it's because they don't want it to align with the end of the actual year. I'm not sure. Okay. Anyway, to, to be fair, just to interject, 
to say you work yeah. in finance makes it sound like you're fucking crawling to the Lambo on, uh, you know, 47 Xanax with Leo at the Wolf of Wall Street. No, she works for a college in the finance, doing finances. Yes, I, I, I process invoices yes. and purchase orders and things. That's what I mean by that. Um, so whereas for some industries or, or I used to work in the college in like September and January was crazy. It's, I only have one crazy time of year, but it's like twice as crazy, which is March. March and sort of until mid-April, and not like starting this month, like rare, like moving up to March 31st is just, it's just a, a bag of nuts. Like it's, just, and I'm bashing people with it. Like it's, it's people don't understand. Like it's tons of late hours, missing lots of lunches, but I'm okay with that. I actually like that it's cyclical because that means in the summer it's pretty chill. Um, and I get to, you know, leave on time from work and leave early and stuff. So I would prefer that. It's kind of like why I liked Christmas when I worked retail. Like I liked it being really busy. Um, and then you kind of had a, a slowdown, which was nice. But it just means that from here on out, when you listen to me on the show, folks, I will be certified. Like I will be a total nutbag. Um, and probably not have slept a lot. That's how I'm doing. How about you? Uh, I mean, the constant back and forth for will we reopen or won't we at Major Canadian Retailer. We thought we were gearing up to actually uh, get things in order around there instead of the like shell of its former self that we were living in for the past month. We thought we were opening on February 22nd. That's what we were working around. And then I ruined everybody's day on, uh, I guess it would be Thursday. Thursday? What day is it today? Wednesday. <laughs> on what? As established, Jordan hasn't known what day it is since March 2020. Um, but yeah, Wednesday, the last time I was there, someone cute sent me a DM with a link to a Toronto Mayor John Tory clip of a press conference he gave uh beseeching the provincial government to extend the lockdown in Toronto, Toronto and uh, the Peel region for another two weeks till March 8th. And my GM was walking down <laughs> the steps and I was like, Hey, guess what? And she let out a, everything is meaningless caliber laugh. The likes of which I have never heard from her before. <laughs> oh, wow. As another manager near me went, well, there goes your night. <laughs> Because it's just going to be conference calls and emails and what are we doing now? But yes, March 8th, we're now apparently looking at for reopening. And yeah, it's just been... No, it's, no, it's really weird. What's really weird is having friends in New Zealand and seeing them, because it's summer there, seeing them like be out with crowds of people not wearing masks. Yeah, just living their best lives. Yeah, it's... getting ice cream. It's funny. I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna steal this. I was uh, I was riding in uh, with someone cute earlier this week, and we were listening to the radio, and they were discussing you know the thing you used to do before pandemic that you will never do again. Yeah. What 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 do you what are you saying, Kate? Um, the ease of travel. Like the ease of being like, I'm going to go into this place and it's going to be super crowded and I'm not going to think twice about it. That's never happening again. You'll always think twice about it? I'll always think. And I'll always, I'll probably wear a mask for a long, long time. Exactly. I don't know when I will ever feel cool getting on a Toronto bus without a mask on. I mean, it was, I used to have wipes in my bag to wipe my hands off after like a long trip. Cause like if you take the subway enough and switch enough and have to hold enough like poles mm. or walls or whatever during rush hour, you go home and wash your hands. They're fucking filthy. <laughs> like they're, it's, it's already gross. So yeah, I, I haven't had to take much transit obviously cause I'm working from home, but even on like I, even on Hamilton, there was like one day where maybe it wasn't, I can't even call it crowded. Like what is a crowd anymore? <laughs> uh, but it wasn't even crowded, but I had a major meltdown. I had to tell this punk kid to put his mask on 
and he called me, as we know he would, a fucking bitch, mm. but under his breath and not looking at me. I turned into that lady. I turned into the, like, the Evelyn. You know, those are Karens. I'm the Evelyn. I'm like the mom who has to make sure everyone's okay and everyone's doing the right thing. And I I had, like, a major, like, I got off that bus, and it was, like I said, was not crowded, but it was busy, especially the other buses I had taken were pretty empty, and I nearly lost it. Like, I nearly had an anxiety attack because I just, there are too many people near me. There are too many people touching their face or, like, literally some guy took his mask off, scratched his mouth and nose, put the mask on, and touched a pole. You want me to top that, like, Caitlin? Do you want me to top oh that? God. No, I don't. I don't. See, and this my, is, I will never, I will never be able to handle it again. Probably. My general, I mean, we know that early in this, you go back and listen to episodes from like last April or May, I was already well on the train to like, will I ever look at strangers as anything other than vermin again? I don't know. <laughs> it's going to be rough. I had to run an errand this afternoon and I hopped on the bus and initially I hopped in the front single seater, um, which was marked as available. You know, they, they try on the buses to, you know, yeah. block off some seats. And I sat down and at the front of the, like, you know, we have, uh, the Toronto buses have blue seats for courtesy seating was some dude mask under his chin. And he starts fucking coughing, Caitlin. Kind of that first, that kind of like, you know, mouth closed, like, <laughs> like that kind of cough. Yeah. That was at yeah. the point where I'm already going out loud. It's like, you're just going to, you're not even going to put your fucking mask on. We're just going to, this is what we're doing today. And people won't look at you when they're being, <laughs> when they're being barked at by a crazy no. person. Uh, no, <laughs> no, they will not. So I get, I was glancing around. We hit like a major intersection, Spadina or something. And I turned around and there were other uh, spots available and so I went, you know, further away because as we established, who cares about looking like an asshole at this point? I'm not going to sit here and not, I don't give a fuck if you feel bad because I got up and walked away because you're coughing into the fucking air. But that's it. I was now like, you know, well over six feet away, just watching this dude cough into his hand and then grab his mask and pull it up over his face. And I'm back there like, well, at least you got your mask on now. Like, that's great. Like, <laughs> I I wish I was brave enough to be that like a lady who like has the Lysol spray who could like spray it at people like I wish I was that crazy lady who's just like yeah we are not doing this and I just like spray around them that would that is my dream just to be give zero fucks and have a Lysol spray and some wipes on me at all times and just spray around people I people I don't understand so, friends, I promise you we're going to have fun, but I do want to compl- – I, I ra- we rarely complain about my job um, at, on this program. But given that as we've been in lockdown, the number of staff in the store has obviously greatly reduced. So I don't really do my job anymore, like the job I'm there to do. I don't really get to do that that often. I have to do more customer-facing front stuff. And we're only doing curbside now. So let me explain – my biggest pet peeve about curbside pickups at major Canadian retailer. And that is why does it take four questions for me to figure out where you are? (laughs) You have called the store. You tell me you are here for a curbside pickup. I say, okay, are you on foot or in a vehicle? In a vehicle. Cool. Cool. Are you in one of the dedicated curbside yellow spots across from the store? Yes. Which one are you in? Oh, uh, number five. Why do I have to go through all that to find out where you are? Why, Caitlin? Um, well, you know what? This is very similar to I used to date someone, <laughs> and he... <laughs> he he worked at Baskin Robbins for a while, like very very early on, like in high school or whatever. And he, he used to drive him nuts that people 
didn't, when they came and they said what flavor they wanted, they didn't also say like the size and the type, like cup or cone. So like, I understand the frustration. I I have the same question. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But he's like, go on about it. And Caitlin, if I didn't, if I didn't see people who were capable of doing it, I wouldn't anger me so much. People call up and they're like, Hey, how's it going? I'm here for curbside pickup. I'm in yellow spot number four. My order number is blah, 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 blah. And I go, I love how prepared you are. I got none of that. We're going to have to do it all over again. But I just really want you to know how much I appreciate that you had all that information ready. I see. I guess I guess it doesn't bother me. But I'm also, I also like people more than you do. That is so true. Is that. Vermin. Remember yeah. that, y'all. Wow. Wow. You're all but vermin. You know what? You know what? I have to say. Um, the pandemic, I know that people have talked a lot about the the disparity it shows between, you know, the poor and the wealthy and whatnot, but I'm also finding how, like, I'm also fascinated by how it shows how little more you need to make for that, for that line to divide Mm -hmm. between like coping and not coping. Or really having to take risks and and basically not having to take risks. Um, And so for all of the people out there like me who are lucky enough to not have to take risks every single day going to my job, don't fucking go out. I don't care if you need your hair done, Sandy. Don't go out. My version, my version of that. You really want to buy your own oranges? No, the real, the real thing is now that we in Toronto are in an area surrounded by places that have reopened to a certain extent. Monica, I don't care if you want to go to the fucking gym. Stay the fuck out of Pickering. Yeah. Keep your ass at home. The gyms in Toronto are are still closed. You're filthy. You're vermin. Do your squats in your basement. That's. (laughs) Man, for me, a squat is literally just trying to pick something up. That's how, so that's, how, that's how I keep Caitlin from leaving the house. I make her do one squat, and then she can't leave for, like, 40, for like at <laughs> I, least 48 I, yeah. hours. Yeah. No, I, I legitimately just have not been anywhere. <laughs> we went to drop something off to someone, and it was like ex- – I was excited because I was in a car. Like, that's how little <laughs> I've been. She's somewhere. actually like a fucking Springer Spaniel. She's just in the backseat, just like, hey, hey. <laughs> No, really, like, like Chris, we, he was taking me to where we had to drop it off, and I was like, I was like, ooh, this is so exciting, I get to go to a place. Yeah. Uh, well, I didn't you know what you miss? You know, you know what you miss when you uh, leave the house, when you don't leave the house? What? All the things you used to like that aren't there anymore. You don't have to see that, so... Toronto, what will be left of you when this is over? I don't know. I don't know. For those places that are doing much better than us, that are listening, good for you guys. You keep on doing what you're doing. (laughs) You're doing great, sweetie. Keep doing what you're doing. Uh, I don't know if Kate has anything resembling news. I promise the, uh, you know, morbidity train has has ended for for this week. (laughs) For today. Yeah. (laughs) Um, I don't have any news except that the only good place on the internet is the places where you can buy things. <laughs> okay. That's my news. Thank like, you. So brief sickness aside, it's been a while. Y'all haven't had a sickness minute for, for a moment. Um, I had some, I had some cheapies from overseas show up this week. Good oh, couple. were those the ones that I told you to buy? I, I don't remember. I think they were. I um, think they were. And I think I said that there's probably at least one heat rock on it. Oh, there were. Um, but they're like, they were like five to $6 a pop, like not expensive. You hit the point where like the shipping costs as much as the records, which is ultimately, I have two more that I'm looking at, not Japanese stuff from a shop in Philly um, to like, you know, seventies funk soul albums that have been, been on the list for a while. And I've never seen them at this price. Really good price. Probably not the best shape. Frankly, I don't know what kind of shape they would end up in. 
Um, they're like eight bucks a pop. Again, the shipping for both of them will probably be 16 to 20. Um, I think it was going to cost 40 bucks, 40 bucks ship to get them both, which if I ever found them floating around Toronto, they'd probably go for about the same, but they might be in better shape. And what's frustrating to me in this moment is like, I know I, I, if I were to order these, I would get them and they'd get here and they'd probably be crackly and the, the sleeves would be all beat up to shit. They'd have writing on it or something like, which I don't really care about. I don't I buy for the record. I don't buy for the sleeve, but Kate, this is why I buy records from Japan. Like these five to $7 records that I got pristine. You drop the needle, you hear nothing. It's just Ooh. silence. And then the music starts like a $5 record, beautifully shipped. What they consider like a very good sleeve is actually fine. There's like maybe a little ding in the corner, but I mean, like a very good from America is probably going to have like, you know, Jimmy's name scrawled on the front in Sharpie. Like, <laughs> you get what I'm saying? So, I mean, it's like, they're two records that I don't, I never see at this price, but if I get them here and they're going to sound like shit, I'm going to be real mad and real upset. And I know there's other shit coming out in March that keeps getting pushed back. We, we know March is looming for you mans overseas. And I just rather probably take that 40 bucks and put it towards that. Nah, I mean, I know exactly what you mean. <laughs> well, okay. I'm one of the, okay. I have this thing and I know, well, I don't know if I'm going to ever get over it now because I had that stint with bed bugs many years ago. <laughs> uh, but I can't buy secondhand clothes. Hmm. I don't know what it is. And I'm going to sound like a crazy nutbag lady, like one who like has too many cats and like lots of crystals, but I just can like feel someone's essence. <laughs> I don't know. It's just like, you know, when you first buy clothes and it has a, there's a shape to it and over the years it loses its shape. Yes. It just makes me feel uncomfortable. Um, so yeah, I get it. <laughs> teacups though are a different story. Can definitely, I don't care if there's like a chip in a teacup. If I like how it looks, I'll buy it. All the teacups. And I may, I'm, you know, maybe I will regret it ultimately. I will always regret fucking one of these records I saw at the Crazy Record Exchange or the Flipside Show at the Gladstone. I miss record shows, y'all. <laughs> I miss record shows a lot. Um, and it was like 20 bucks at the time. Probably a much better copy than I, I will get from this shop in Philly. And just should have bought it then. But I didn't make it around the corner. <laughs> and I saw, I saw the seller hand it to some dude. And I was like, put it back. Put it back, man. <laughs> Just fucking put it back. And he didn't. He bought it. And I was like, God damn it. But Yeah, but now he's out there enjoying that record. And I'm enjoying my records. Got that Kegliostro Castle background music collection, y'all. Just vibing. <laughs> Just vibing. Uh, new. How many hours of how many hours of, of music do you think you have in albums? In albums? Oh god. Oh god. Yeah. I mean, if you want to do the math, um, someone else can do the math, but in a record the runtime on a record is generally around 40 minutes, I think. And I have 500 at this point, maybe. What a cool guy you are. So, I mean, if it's just under an hour per, per record, um, and given some of these are like double albums, a lot of these are double albums as well. Um, I don't know, maybe about a month. The funny thing is Mr. Malash has a program now to try and manage his spending. I believe it is. He can't buy a record until he listens to five. Oh, <laughs> but now Jordan's like, that is never. Happening. Well, I don't, I, I don't know what he, I don't know what Mr. Malach considers listening to a record. I think for Mr. Malach, when we used to buy comics together, he never read his comics either. And I watched him read a comic and he like is very much like a saver. Like he looks at every detail of a panel before moving on to the next, the next page where I'm just like, right. give me the story. Like, <laughs> What are the bullet points? I'll read a comic in like, you know, 15 minutes, bag it, board it, put it away. I don't, can't fathom the idea of like, I don't think he mul really multitasks for a new record. If he wants to listen to a record, I think that is sitting and listening to it. Whereas me, I get home, I throw the shit on, I make dinner or I wash the dishes or whatever, you know? Interesting. I think he very much focuses in that regard. Um, I believe last I heard the program just meant he just buys whatever the fuck he wants and puts them in a closet. <laughs> then he can't, right. but he, but he can't listen to those until he, you know, catches up to the queue. 
queue, the queue oh gets deeper. The queue gets deeper every day. Anyway, enough sickness talk, but not less music talk. Um, I was delighted by it when I came across this. Kate. Yeah. De La Soul is appearing on Teen Titans Go this weekend. <laughs> oh my god, I saw a new season dropped. So this just randomly came across my Instagram feed because I follow a classic golden era hip hop group, De La Soul. Um, fantastic live show. If you've never seen them, if you just really want to know what rocking a party looks like, like that's that's De La. They're very good at it. And yeah, there's just this little clip of them uh, fighting a some creature who's stealing their music which if you have followed the career of de la soul and their record label bit of a metaphor yeah <laughs> so uh, yeah uh, that's that's right i don't know when i'll get a chance to see it but that episode is dropping well it will have dropped by the time you hear this so definitely check that out i did not even think i realized that teen titans to go was still was still kicking along they're doing their thing <laughs> they're doing their thing and every time i'm like see some clip or i'm reminded of it i'm like i gotta work that back into my like you know making dinner background noise rotation. I like it because they're short and they are completely off the wall. And you know, I like stuff like that. It's my bag. My favorite joke of all time. Beast boy, take out that robot. And he took out that robot for shrimp and prime rib. And they had a lovely time. <laughs> and there was a whole song about it. Y'all. Shouts to Teen Titans Go. Uh, other bullet points that I saw out there before we recorded. Um, Edgar Wright, loved director here on the Geek Down, um, yeah. signed on to do a Running Man remake. Oh, thank goodness. <laughs> what did you, th- oh, you, you thought? You thought he did some, you thought fuckery was coming? Oh, I mean, yeah, sure. It's, it's 2021, but we all know what it really is. It's. 2018 part five. <laughs> I was going to tell you he died or, or some part shit. Four, whatever. Yeah. Um, it's, yeah, it's just, it's this continuation of like bad shit happening for reasons that could be avoided. I suppose that depends how you feel about the running man, but. <laughs> I, I suppose, but I just, you know, I was bracing myself, but okay. Fantastic. Carry on. Running Man. Uh, the Running Man. Old, old cheesy-ass uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger movie. At the time, it was a short story uh, from Stephen King's alter ego, Richard Bachman. Which I never really read why he did that. I think it was just because he had, he had too many stories in him. And people were like, you're going to flood the market. And he's like, fine, this will be by this dude. But yeah, it's basically, I believe it was a dystopia game show to the death type of thing uh it'd be interesting to see i mean it was very much that's a premise very much of its time in the 80s i'd be interested to see how he flips this concept to the uh social media nightmare that we're all living in um fun (laughs) and then and then we have sad news but on brand um so uh, someone cute was (laughs) kind enough to let me spend a portion of our time together to watch the live premiere of the AEW number one contenders tournament on the Japanese side. Our, our beloved, my beloved, I think he just likes her, but the queen of love and piss, Maki Ito, the cutest in the world lost her opening round match in the AEW number one contenders tournament. So she has been eliminated. She will not be advancing, which is very on brand for her character. I'm now officially one of these snobs who, when I was in the Twitter feeds, people were like, all that hype, and she fucking lost. It's like, you know nothing about the character. That's her jam. She loses. Like, I was about to say that. I was like, I even know that. Of course, it's because I hang out with you. But I'm like, she loses. That's what she does. Shut up. The unfortunate thing is, like, it was literally, like, in a venue the size of the back room at Major Canadian Retailer, and, like, zero fans. It was basically just, like, a warehouse with a ring in it, like... Which I understand, you know, social distance, all that. But I have rarely been like, I wish there were fans here when I watch, like, any sports. You know, I watch a lot of basketball now with someone cute. Um, and I don't really miss the presence of fans. Even when I watch wrestling, I don't really miss it that much. But, you know, when you see Mackie come out doing her whole, like, you know, idol song thing. Or when she did that bit where I've talked about before, before she climbs up on the turnbuckle. And gets so excited when she asks the crowd who is the cutest in the world, she starts punching her opponent in the head. Like, it was still funny and, and you know, fun to watch. But, you know. Um, it's a different. Yeah, it's a different. It's a different vibe. Um, 
one other thing that I keep saying, one sad thing, although probably wouldn't have happened because she was probably going to be locked down in the promotion she was working at. But part of me really feels, and I've meant to say this a few times on the show, that like Maki Ito is filling a spot that Hanakamura probably would have taken if she was still with us. Uh, my um, heart. Yeah. And one of the other wrestlers on that tournament, uh, a wrestler named Venny, I believe their name is, um, first transgender Japanese wrestler. Um, they came out for their match wearing one of Hana's, um, there's been a lot with Hana's mother giving like her ring gear to like wrestlers Hana loved and respected. And they've all been wearing them, wearing the gear out of, to honor her. So then he came out and the announcer was like, you know, pointed out that they were wearing Hana's, uh, you know, ring kimono to like honor her. And I was like, I know (laughs) I was not, (laughs) was not ready for that. Um, but yes, unfortunately, Mackie lost. I don't think it's going to hurt her uh, potential future in AEW if they uh, want her. <laughs> Twitter, AEW wrestlers on Twitter are already like calling her out, and she is responding in every way you would imagine her. <laughs> this one so, guy, like the best way. Yeah. So one guy was like, "Hey, Mackie Ito," and he's, his name's John Silver. I think he wrestles in the Dark Order, that weird clandestine group that uh, the late Brody Lee was the head of. He was like, hey, Mackie, you know, Mackie, Mackie just quote, quote, tweets him. Hey, simp. Ooh. <laughs> so now everybody's like shipping them and it's like, have, have Mackie lead the dark order, you cowards. Like, <laughs> so unfortunate that she lost, but I think honestly, I think she lost because her schedule's too busy on, uh, with the shit she's regularly doing. I don't know that she would really have time to, uh, to jot over to America to be on AEW, but as always, the people who pay attention, uh, were very taken with her as many people are. So we remain excited to see what the future holds for her. Kate, you didn't watch WandaVision. What else did you watch? Um, I watched all of prime suspect. <laughs> Yay. Uh, man, I like overdosed on Helen Mirren, which you can't actually do. Yes. No. Um, so prime suspect for those who do not know, is it was basically Helen Mirren's like staircase to fame. She's one of those actresses that's been around for a long time, but didn't get famous until she was like in her forties and fifties. Um, like really famous. Um, probably her best known, like earlier role is from Excalibur. I think that's it. King Arthur. Yeah. I remember. I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure it's called Excalibur. Um, and she played Morgana Le Fay, and, uh, she was known for being, like, a sex bomb actress. I think she was naked in a couple films, and people really, like, wrote her into a corner, and she just, like, totally fought against that. And Prime Suspect, the first, it's a, they're basically two parters, and each part is an hour and a half. Um, this is very, like a lot of uh, British sort of crime shows or just shows in general. Um, It came out in the first one came out in like 1994, five, six, something around there, mid nineties. And then they had a couple more series in the nineties and then a couple um, later on. Um, And they're, she's really good. She's great actress. And it's lovely to see her work, and it's about her having to, like, face misogyny and just difficulty being a woman in policing, even higher up. And, yeah. Um, So I watched all of it this week. That's basically what I did. Just Prime Suspect. I'm becoming more desperate for crime shows. I I tried like a couple. I did not like them. Um, yeah, that's all I did, and I worked. <laughs> Same <laughs> that's, Z's. That's um, the only other thing I had mentioned last week that I was getting a lot of uh, videos. I should really get the guy's name, but he's the guy who really breaks down like career retrospectives of uh, Tokyo Joshi Pro wrestlers and uh, like the. <laughs> the insanity of that uh, promotion. The one I was watching last night, I don't remember her full name, but her, her, she just kind of goes by Azusa. Um, 
her jam, her initial jam was, she's retired now, but her initial jam was she wanted to be an announcer. So if she was like in a submission hold, she would like ask for a mic and <laughs> like report on her determination to escape the hold. <laughs> <laughs> oh, type of thing or if she had a tag match she would like you know commentate for her uh for her partner while she wasn't like in the ring um but she kept losing and then at one point she decided that the reason she wasn't uh getting any stronger was because she wasn't married so her whole thing became about getting married and she would come out like <laughs> holding this giant bridal magazine that comes out in japan called vexi <laughs> Which is, like, the size of a brick, and she would hit people with it. And eventually, Vexi decided they did not want their product being used in such a fashion. So they sent her a cease and desist. (laughs) So she couldn't do it anymore. Oh, my God. That's amazing. She ends up joining this. The the only thing, most wrestlers in Tokyo Joshi Pro are just kind of, like, they're they're basically all good guys. The only, like, flagrant um, heel is this character called Saki-sama, who... Picks wrestlers at random, and they form this group called Bishkigun, Bishkigun, I think, is the name of it. Um, and Saki-sama decided that, you know, Azusa should join should join her type of thing. And so she does for a while, and she gets better. She's kind of dressing like this, you know, black-suited nun type of thing. <laughs> um, and it's just, it's insane. And just the, the things they do with characters, and maybe it's just the way this guy presents it, where you get, like, the entire arc of their entire career in, like, 20 minutes or something. Makes it more uh, more interesting to watch, but the things they do with their characters are very interesting. Cheesy as hell. Corny. Not even going to lie. These are not five. These are not Kenny Omega versus the Young Bucks, right? These are not. This is not Kenny versus Okada. This is not a five-star Matt classic from a work rate perspective, but it's just fun. And that's what you, that's what sports, being sports entertained can be. So I know people always want to hear what I think about WandaVision. I'm not going to go to it. I'm not going to go into it, obviously, because Katie hasn't seen it. But here's my one word review of episode seven of WandaVision. Welp. That's it. Okay. Well. Okay. Talk more about it. <laughs> talk more about it in a couple weeks after Kate's seen it. I think that's actually it, y'all. It has been a huge uh, has been a huge influx of content around here lately. I'm still reading Strange Weather in Tokyo. That is um, continues to be super chill and relaxing. I finished Pretend It's a City. The Fran, I almost said the Fran Drescher documentary. <laughs> the Fran Leibowitz docuseries didn't get better or worse. It was still just kind of cool and dope to hang out with, you know, the coolest, smartest people at the party. Uh, and just the way that, like, she, everyone who ever interviews her is just so, like, enraptured and delighted by her. Like, they showed an old clip of her on Letterman, and just Letterman is just delighted by her. And it's very rare for Letterman to be openly peak 80s letterman i mean you see him on that netflix show now and he's very much like fascinated by everybody he's much less of a curmudgeon than he was when he was doing his talk show but like i i guess i i i've never liked him as an interviewer i just anyways i'm glad he was delighted (laughs) and fran is just you know she's very a very sharp wit as they say so would you get some vegetables in your life y'all Watch some friendly boys on Netflix. And I, I believe, friends, we'll put a pin in it there. And when we come back, continuing to kind of reshape what the show is, instead of each of us bringing something, one person brings something in. And this week it was Kate. And Kate brought us yeah. a little something, something. <laughs> <laughs> Kate sounds like she has regurts. We'll get into that when we come back after this break. show where we talk about things that we brought each other except we're not doing that now we are now just bringing each other one thing that we both watch even if it's a thing that we've seen before but i haven't seen this before if i had i wouldn't have given it to jordan it's a whole big thing but anyways (laughs) we've got rules yes the first rule being the rule of three the thing comes in parts we will watch three of them but it didn't 
so we didn't. We just watched the whole thing. Unless we didn't. I'm just assuming Jordan watched the whole thing because of the second rule. Hashtag save it for the pod. That means we will not talk about the thing until we are in front of these microphones. Yes. you know, we want you guys to have the freshest of takes. And because this is brand new, oh my God, it's so fresh. I can't even stand it. <laughs> she can't even stand it. It's amazing. It smells <laughs> delicious. Uh, and then the third rule, which is not really a rule, it is a policy, is that there will be spoilers about this. So if you don't like spoilers, I understand. <laughs> um, go have fun. Make yourself some tea. Maybe watch this. Maybe don't. And then maybe come back. Afterwards. With Afterwards. your tea. With your tea. Kate? Yes. What is this thing? This thing is Outside the Wire. Outside the Wire is a 2021 American science fiction film directed by Mikhail Hafström. It stars Anthony Mackie, who also produced, as an android officer who works with a drone pilot, Damson Idris, to stop a global catastrophe. Emily Beecham, Michael Kelly, and Pilou Asbeck, I think Beck, Asbeck, also star. The film was released by Netflix on January 15th, 2021, and received mixed reviews from critics. Uh, I'm going to read the first paragraph of the plot, and then we can get into this, just to give you some more context. In 2036, a civil war between pro-Russian insurgents and local resistances in Ukraine leads to the U.S. to deploy peacekeeping forces. During an operation, a team of United States Marines and GUMPS, robotic soldiers, are ambushed. Disobeying an order, drone pilot First Lieutenant Harp deploys a Hellfire missile in a drone strike against a suspected enemy launcher, killing two Marines but saving 38. As punishment, Harp is sent to Camp Nathaniel, the U.S. base of operations in Ukraine, where he is assigned to Captain Leo, a highly advanced and experimental android super soldier masquerading as a human officer. I think that's a good place to begin. Jordan? Who's ready for two hours on the moral cost of utilitarianism? <sighs> Suck it, John Stuart I Mill. Fuck <laughs> <laughs> you in the face. <laughs> um, I usually would be, except what is this movie about? Kate, this was not good. Yeah. This was not good. This was bad, this Kate. Was, this was bad. This was weird. This is one of those movies where all I can describe it so weird because it's like this weird shifting between it it looks like it's a high budget film but it feels like it's a low budget film as various too like like the dialogue the plot the it's all over the place i have no fucking idea what was going on in this film and okay, then the action scenes and the the um, graphics and the CGI, all of that was great, and they had good actors. That's that's it was, it's good that you point out you didn't know what the hell was going on because I just attributed that to me constantly being on my phone during this movie, um, or like I might as well have been, or like playing rhythm <laughs> games because every time I would look up and be like, huh, um, yeah, Kate, Kate kind of mentions a lot of the same things I could say about this. Um, when you see Mackie, the design of him as an Android, something I hadn't seen before. It's kind of into it. That weird kind of like huh. his, you can see through his body. He basically has like an upper, his, his like upper torso is filled in, but then he like takes a shirt off at one point and it's like, it'll almost look like silicone, right? It's kind of like, clear and see-through and like yeah dotted i guess um so like the design of him as a cyborg i thought was or an android i guess he's not is he a cyborg and a cyborg android i don't know fill and fill that he's an, an, he's an android his design i thought uh was dope the dialogue oof how many times do did we do i need to hear somebody go listen i fucked up that happens yeah. that happens so many times kate somebody's always like i and fucked up 
and and they were just okay. I know the army is not a friendly, happy place, <laughs> but this film, if I didn't already, or if you don't already absolutely not want to be in the army, this will make you extra feel like that because they were, everyone was awful to him to, uh, I, what's his last name? Uh, Harp. Harp. He's Lieutenant a, Harp. He's a like, dickbag too. <laughs> but yes, I know. But like also... Yeah, he's a dick. Okay, so first of all, from what I understand of the army, like you never don't say sir or captain. Like it's just ingrained in you. Second thing, so he has like no experience with war, and I find that very strange because I'm st- I'm sh- I'm pretty sure drone pilots still. I know not afterwards, but they still do some combat training. Like this movie could have been about uh, the the um. What's the word I'm looking for? When you become desensitized, the desensitization mm. of violence. Yeah, so that's... It could have been about that. Or it could have been about the U.S. Army starting wars and the, um, you know, military... Uh, uh, what's it called? Military economic complex? No, military... Industrial complex. Industrial complex. Like, it could have been about something, but they did not know what that was when they started writing. I feel like they had cool shot ideas and were like, let's now connect them. Like, Kate brings up a good point here, which is, like, the you think you're getting something interesting when it starts. And that was when I was most attentive to the movie, where you have... Harp, who, when I say he's a dickbag, he just, like, goes off book. Like, much has been made in recent years about, like Kate said, the desensitization, specifically for, like, drone pilots, where they're never really... It's just shit on a screen. It's Call of Duty for them, right? Like, they're actually flying this, like, you know, billion-dollar hardware that can cause mass destruction. But for them, it's just, like, pew-pew. Like, he's eating gummy bears while he's doing this. Like, I thought thought that was a nice touch. Um... But then he's just low-key, like, you know, you're seeing this, like, you know, Call of Duty-style action sequence, which I really think in my old age, like, shooting, fight, what my father would call shooting, fight, and killing, like, military-style stuff, it doesn't really move my my needle too much. Like, you want to give me the raid, which is, or, like, dread, which is just, like, two hours of a, of a single gunfight? Like, that's cool, but, like... Marines trap behind enemy lines. It doesn't really like. It's just so. It's just so loud, Kate. <laughs> so loud. So much shooting. And and, and like there are a couple scenes, and we know I like gratuitous violence. Like I'm all for that, but the shooting went on for so long that I was like, are they bordering on like a war is hell type mm. of thing? No, not really. Like they just they they seem to drop the plot in so many places, and the dialogue between. Captain Leo and Lieutenant Harp doesn't make sense. Ah, fucked up. Like, there's no... I don't... It just... It go... It Like, he'll... They start to seem to make a friendship, and then Captain Leo is horrible again. Like, and then it's supposed to kind of be like, oh, well, I was trying to get you to act irrationally. And I was just... I was like, that doesn't... There's... Yeah... There was a lot of a lot of that. Um, it just oh, and then like it would it was just and they he he wasn't briefed. You wouldn't ever send a soldier in into a war zone without being briefed or know what to expect. Like it just didn't make any it didn't make any sense. It didn't make any sense. But like yeah, the homeboy goes off. I shouldn't say homeboy because he's actually a black character. Um, Harp goes off book, and it's like there's this you know Marines are pinned down. There's two of them who can't get out. And some other like armored vehicle comes up and Harp is like, you know, can I take the shot? And it's like, no, there's two people down there. And his whole thing is like, I'm a kill too. collateral. That's what the, that's, that's what the, th- I think what the movie wants the theme to be about, you know, collateral damage. What's yeah. acceptable collateral damage. Yeah. Um, Cause in the early in the movie, Harp opts to like do a drone strike, which ends up killing two Marines. But you know, the other 38 are saved. And then again, it's that thing, you know, I, I wasn't joking. Who's ready for, you know, a two hour uh, interrogation of utilitarianism. Cause by the end of the movie, you know, whoosh, what a twist. What a twist. Leo's a bad guy or Leo's the villain. Um, mm-hmm. and I'll, as some bullshit about getting some old Russian nukes, 
Uh, they paid to have your I... they paid to have Euron Greyjoy in it, but he shows up for like fifteen minutes before he gets stabbed, harpooned with a flagpole. Is that who it was? Because they made it like some big reveal, and I was like, I'm supposed to know who this fucking guy is. You know, it was Euron Greyjoy. You know what else he's from, Kate? What? Borgin. <laughs> Um, oh, and sorry, I have to say something about that. And I know it's the future, but they still have MAD, which is mutually... Assured destruction. Assured destruction. Middle words right now. <laughs> I can't seem to get them. Um, I knew the MAD. I mean, I knew the mutual, and I knew the destruction part. Um, they still have that in place. So, like, if they saw a nuke coming, they would just nuke Ukraine slash Russia back. Like, it wouldn't... That lady who was like, we're going to show them what it's like. No, lady. You're going to be blown to bits. That's well, what's going to happen. And that's that's Leo's whole, like, argument is like, you know, that's like, Harp, you, you kill two to save, you know, save 38. You know, well, that doesn't really work when you scale it up. If you, I'm going to save 10 million by killing a million. Well, no, that's, that's not great. That's not well, great. And that, thing. That's why common good, that's why common good doesn't really better. work. Yeah, I'm gonna make everyone's life better by like eliminating half of people. That there are flaws in that. <laughs> there are flaws in that. Like there are flaws in this movie. One thing I will say about this movie that I liked. Oh. I have not been lukewarm, but like didn't really have an opinion on Anthony Mackey. I liked him as a person. Let's see him right. on talk shows. I thought he was a very charming, charming man. But I was, you know, you want to put him in Falcon and Winter Soldier. And I'm like, I don't know if he's, I don't know if he's got the range. I don't know if he can carry that himself. Turns out he can. That's good. As, yeah, he was, he was a good villain. I'd like the, to see him as a villain again. As the center of this film, which I mean... Like you said at the top, he also produced. So, I mean, maybe it's like, you know, he had to make his own opportunity here. Um, he's clearly the best thing in it. The character he's playing, just the, the way he looks on screen. Like, he, he looks he looks like the star. Which I had not seen from him before when he was, like, you know, playing Sam in the Avengers movies. He was always like, which is part of the character at that point in the MCU as well, is like, yes, he's the second tier to Cap and Iron Man and the Hulk and all that. But seeing him in this, it's like, okay, if you want to start building around, you want to start building your franchise around this dude, he can be a franchise player. I hadn't really seen that side of him before, and this terrible movie that he was the best thing in kind of made me a believer a little bit. So, shouts to you, Anthony Well, well yes, I, I did like damson interest like he didn't play a good character and his dialogue was stupid but i thought he did a good job yeah there are no there are no i don't know if that guy's been anything else there are no like stars to speak of besides mackie in this movie i mean that guy from house of cards plays like a general at one point but that's basically about it oh, oh and, and, also, and P. Lou. I, do, I need to high five Damson interest again because he's a British actor. Oh, is he? Never crossed my mind. No, yeah. never did. Something about British actors can do really great American accents, and American actors cannot. So, like, high five to you, Damson interest. So yeah, uh, this is gonna. I feel like this is gonna be real brief this time, y'all, because there's not there's not a lot to say about this. Gumps. No. Why'd you call them gumps? <laughs> I, I mean, I'm sure it stands for something in their world, but at some point, someone should say the proper name. So you're like, oh, I see. It's probably like general something, something system. See? Middle words. Don't middle, know. Middle words. Gumps. Yeah. <laughs> Push a T noise. Yeah. Yeah, just, there's not, there's not a lot to say about this. If this is like... If this you know is what? the caliber of movie that Netflix is going to be getting, it might be time to, uh, you know, go to go to HBO Max for that uh, for that need, y'all. Yeah, like this is not even it's not even a fun popcorn movie. No, it just didn't really. It was it was really kind of annoying background noise for two hours. And there's there are so few people in this film. It's really weird. 
I mean, if I want to find one more thing that I kind of liked about it, you know, the scene, you know, obviously he has to have his, you know, scales fall from the, Harp has to have his scales fall from the eyes moment where he sees the actual cost of the war. You know, he has to see the destruction on the ground and he has that moment where, or that scene where they're like, he's trying to get hostages uh, out of a situation and ends up on the ground when a drone strike hits. Like, he sees now, Kate, but it's very... It was well shot. Heavy-handed? That's the exact phrasing, yes. It was well shot, but heavy-handed. Um, um, yeah. So as far as kick punches, I it's like a... No, it's a five. I was going to say it's a six. It's not a six. It's a five. Uh, it's a four. I knew that, like, as soon as the movie was done. I was like, it's a four. <laughs> like, it... it it's Again, it feels weird because it feels like it's someone's first film that they made out of their film school. Right. But it looks way higher budget. Like looking at the, the, at the, the gumps and, the, the, and the, gumps were, the gumps were not cheap to animate. Like No, and they, I, my brain, there was no like, that is visual effects. Like my brain did not do that. Um, so they did a good job there. I just, it's a pass, man. If you're looking for stuff on Netflix, don't even bother. Yeah, that's... Unless you're doing a study on how you could make this film better. I don't know. Have an actual plot. <laughs> have an actual, like, reason, raison d'etre, like, of this film. What is it trying to tell us? The lesson of the movie is put Anthony Mackie in something better. That's... Yeah. That's basically the takeaway there. Well, I mean, if you just have too much time on your hands, you can check that out on Netflix if you uh, so feel. If not, we have jumped on that grenade for you, friends, and saved you the trouble. So, You're welcome. You are welcome. It's the service we provide for... Also, a, a cyborg is a person who's had... <laughs> cybernetics put into them. Just so you know. Friends, you really need to understand, she's always, like, <laughs> in the background... She is Oracle of this show. She's like always low key. She just never comes through in the moment. It's always like 15 minutes later. Well, I, I sometimes I, you're talking and I don't want to like interrupt you immediately. <laughs> and I know it's it's not, it doesn't matter to what you're saying. It's just me. And then I, I, my brain niggles on things and I'm like, I have to let people know in case they're curious. Um, it's actually, the reason I know this is because it's a portmanteau, uh, of cybernetic organism, and I love portmanteaus. Um, so yeah. Why aren't you studying Japanese? That's all, that's all they, they, man, they, they love portmanteaus (laughs) as much as you do. So, well, the Germans don't like portmanteaus so much that they just like tacking words onto other words. But anyways, that's all. Well. I guess this is about the time we should shut down the Pasacom. It's a personal computer, yeah. Uh, oh, very good. That's what they that's what they call them. It's a Japanese word for computer, Pasacom. Um, uh, the French word for computer that nobody uses. Ordinateur. Oh, no, no, it's it's not that. Well, yes, they they just say computer, but uh, my favorite is email. It's courriel, and like nobody uses it. They just say email. But I mean, someone came up with that word. They're like, this is the word. Kachiel. It's a beautiful word. Everyone's like, fuck you. <laughs> Email. Suck it. Gems, y'all. Friends, as alluded to at the top, but maybe not uh, forthrightly revealed, uh, we will be off next week. Kate will be unavails. Off visiting, uh-huh. off visiting her pops out in uh, Port Hope. Is that where that is? Is that where you yes. go? Yes, and if anyone is wondering, it is within the rules because he lives alone. It is not two different households because he's not a household. He's just an individual. And he's old, so I'm allowed to visit him. She has to be an old and not be in a household, y'all. I'm not a household either. I just have to ride transit with the rest of you vermin, which I have to do very early tomorrow. So we will wrap it up for this week. Friends, we're never far. If you don't get an episode, we're still just a tweet away over at twitter.com slash geekdownpod. Give us a holler when I'm not retweeting Mackie Ito. I'll be, I'm always, I'm always around to answer your correspondence in some form or another. We're just tweeting gifs of 
all-purpose cat girl Nuku Nuku, which just got added to Crunchyroll, and I'm excited to, <laughs> to revisit. More 80s shit. Wow. Bring back more 80s <laughs> shit. Wow. And, uh, yeah, so we'll be back in two weeks' time. Friends, thank you so much for spending your leisure time with us. It truly means the world to us. My name is Jordan Ferguson. My name is Caitlin McKinnon. The theme song is by Rob Gasser. I almost forgot. And we hope you will take the time in two weeks to join us for another amazing episode of the Geek Down Podcast. I was doing chopping motions, if you can hear it. Chopping motions. I can't figure out why it didn't work on Facebook this time. I don't know, but I'm literally going to burn my house down if I try it again, so... That's okay. Yeah, you were getting very, very frustrated. Here we are. From the fucking top. <laughs>